Cletus asked me to help him feel like one of his role models. So oh. this phrase is apparently going to help him power up to rise again and rule the world, I guess. Okay. Uh, also, hey, just don't don't tease him about the pool noodles on his face. Yeah, like it's all... Yeah, yeah those are his tentacles. Uh-huh. Uh, and the wire hangers on his back are, mm. are like meant to be his wings, so... Right. Uh, wait, actually... Who's the role model you're talking about? Maybe we can abduct it, make him make his day a little bit, do a little meet and greet. That's a great idea, actually. I, he would love that. <gasps> yeah, yeah, let's do it. Who we, is it? We can abduct Cthulhu. Oh, no. Hello. Welcome to Crop Circles. Now from the crop, make it drop. That's, That's a wipe. That's a mysterious circle. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Uh, but hello, <laughs> welcome to our last episode, the 13th episode of Crop Circle Season 1. My name is Ash, and I'm joined by the elusive, the great Ooh. Cornholio. Oh, the Cornholio. It's, it ne- never ceases to, to, to escape me. No. Or, I guess, come my way. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I can't get away from the name. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but we did it. We're here. This Wait, what's your actual one. name? <laughs> oh, Coriander. Coriander. His name's Coriander. <laughs> it's Cory. <laughs> yeah. Because I like introduced, I like led up to it and you said, okay. <laughs> I am just the great Cornholio. Yeah. But yeah. That's me. That's you. We're here to talk about Cthulhu for our last episode. Cthulhu. We started with tentacles. We're ending with tentacles. That's how it's going to be. Technically season. It's one big tentacle hug that is this podcast. Hentai. No, oh, okay. <laughs> I honestly we should have referenced some hentai things in here oh, for the pop culture, but we didn't. Audio hentai. For you. Audio hentai. That's like hentai ASMR. ASMR. <laughs> just a little bit of. Yeah. There you go. I hope no one just deleted this. App. We're about. <laughs> They've stopped playing it. They've blocked and reported us. Spotify is report like literally about to rip us off the air it just because we went. It was too. It was too audibly appealing. <laughs> audibly appealing. That's what I want to be. But with this voice, I don't think so. What do you mean? What, 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 I hate listening to the podcast, but I do anyway because obviously I have to. <laughs> like I hate to... my voice. Has a podcast. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know? literally been my existence. But... I don't think uh, there was one person back uh, when I worked in Orlando that was like, "Corey, just can you read something to me?" Every time they like saw me, they asked me, and that was the. That's the only thing keeping me on the air. <laughs> it's like that... <laughs> there's one person out there that likes the sound of my voice that like crackly little 13 year old boy that just got kicked in the nuts like that kind of sound is what's in my voice at all times so, so I, yeah I, i'm happy someone like enjoys that that yeah. sound it's like when you kill people on Fortnite. you're just yeah. like oh i just i just murdered a child and it felt good you know no i don't know what it's like no. but um, you do you I and will. i'm sure miley <laughs> loves to listen to our voices non-stop all week every week for the past 13 weeks oh, she's ready for a break i'm sure i know she's just dying <laughs> but it's fine we're here to bring you the last of our season uh but before we get into that Corey, what do you identify as this week oh that's hard that's difficult that's difficult. This is the last one, you know. Yeah. Um, before I'm like, maybe something happens later on, but oh, what do I identify as? Um, I would say that exact sound I just made. That. 
just big just, sigh. Just a sigh of like, I don't know, even relief, but just like. <laughs> it's just a sigh. It's just a sigh. And you know, I, I am just a sigh today. <laughs> and just, yeah, it, it, it's over. I'm sad. It's a bittersweet. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm like, ooh. A little bit of I get, I get, a, I get a little bit of, I get a little bit of, take a little bit off my plate so that I can like, I can breathe a little bit. Yeah. You know, because a sigh is a breath of, that keeps you alive. Yeah. A breath of energy. Yeah. How about you? What are you identifying as? I'm identifying as the way that I died on Breath of the Wild. If you guys are on Reddit and you go on like Breath of the Wild deaths, I think it is like the subreddit, <laughs> the subreddit. And it is like the most like insane or like dumb ways to die. Because if you have ever played Breath of the Wild, you know mm-hmm. that you can just die in the funniest ways. It's so good. So I'm identifying with all the fail ways that you could like pass away in that game because that's literally been me this entire week it's just been a minefield of like oh dang every day has been killing me a little bit so i really feel like i identify with those videos if you like like being deceased in stupid ways (laughs) it's try out try out either breath of the wild or there's an app game that i used to play called dumb ways to die And it, it had the theme song that was like, the, dumb ways to die. So, so many dumb ways to die. So did they have a sequel? They had a sequel, right? I don't remember. I'm sure they I had a dumb ways to die too. Yeah. Do you remember the but... TV shows? It was like a million ways to die where they would like Oh, the, the non-related, but yes. It was like the one that was like true crime or not true crime, but like real stories. And they would like yeah. recap. Yeah. Someone like went into a hot tub with skinny jeans. And yeah. Skinny and then jeans died. Like, sh- like shrunk up and then yeah, cut, and like, they, like... cut off the circulation to their legs and then they died. Yeah. No, that that show was very scarring. Someone slipped and like drowned in their pet's water dish. I think. Yeah. It was like, like really like weird and minuscule ways that people have died. It was so You're like, funny. oh, damn. They're like, you, you get to the gates of heaven. They're like, so how'd you get here? And they're like. I don't want to say. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to tell you. I know how embarrassing it must be to have, like, your random death be, like, on that show. Because, like, Mm. what happened? (laughs) And you were like, "Uh." I think the one that I remember was somebody was, like, repairing a car on a driveway with a skateboard. And I guess they, like, slipped, but this at the same time, like, they rolled down the driveway, but at the same time, a street sweeper ran by and just, like, annihilated them. them Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because I was traumatized. Yeah, sweep the leg, you know. Yeah, and so th- that's what I remember from that show. <laughs> so that's where we are. Yeah. Um, nice little tangent, but... <sighs> not bad, not bad. Yeah. So, dumb that's... ways to die. You know what else would be really dumb? What? Is if Cthulhu came back and, like, murders us all. Just well, he would just obliterate us. There's, like, not even murder. But we'll talk about that. <laughs> right now, we are going to get into everything that is Cthulhu his lore, a little bit of what happened in his story, pop culture, all the shebang. So, Corey, let's kick things off. Get okay. me started with some of the author background because apparently there is an author here. Yeah, Cthulhu ain't real, y'all. Cthulhu is a fictional deity created by one man. Mm-hmm. All the lore and this entity that we call Cthulhu, one guy made this. And his name was H.P. Lovecraft. Not to be confused with Harry Potter. Not not, not the same Harry HP. Potter Lovecraft. No, no, not not or like what, what what's who, Luna Luna Lovegood? Yeah, Harry Potter Lovegood. You know, mm-hmm. which hey, that's a pretty good name actually. Yeah, I think I have not th- thought about that out loud. Lovegood, <laughs> ooh, yeah, that's my stripper name. She love Corey Lovegood. <laughs> Cor- Cor- Corn <Holyo> Lovegood. <laughs> no, ew. <laughs> Let's never allow that to happen. I please. like that. I like that a lot. Oh my god, um, it's very it's your drag culture. name. <laughs> My drag name? Have you seen me? Have you? Could you perceive me in drag makeup? 
Yeah, you would Did look you? like Gigi Good. I told you this already. Yeah, Remember when we were so watching many people said 12? that I looked like she was, You would look a little bit like Gigi. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, it's very rare in pop culture history that you get a single credited creator for any creature, really, for its significance. Like, the fact that, like, one man decided to, like, think all this up, and then several mm-hmm. people after the fact, like, several decades afterwards, were like, hey, this is kind of cool, let's expound upon this, and, like, created what mm-hmm. we call, like, the Cthulhu mythos. Yeah, it's... It's, it's insane, the fact that he, like, just started this all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on his own and because he kind of has cryptic tendencies i think in like oh, yeah. our modern day perception of him not necessarily like fantasy creature perceptions does that make sense like people i feel like people see him more as a cryptid even though he's not oh like hp lovecraft as a cryptid himself no cthulhu oh cthulhu yeah no i, I would say he's cryptid-esque because yeah. i mean like uh, it's a little hard because a cryptid i believe is something that like well it has to be like real it's of. real but like we can't prove it mm-hmm. you know but where Cthulhu is very much like a deity that we know is like fictional, is fictional, but I think in he, ways mm-hmm. has been so, I don't know, hyped up in certain ways that people are like, hey, you know what? What if he is real? This could be like, yeah, this could be real. Uh huh. If we believe. Mm-hmm. If you just believe. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He yeah, kind of has so. like some cryptid. Um... Creation mm-hmm. power. Like he has almost like a superpower. Yeah, he has like some some notoriety, I think, that single him out from fiction to kind of create that permeance that he has in pop culture today. And he's he's had his hand in like many other things other than just Cthulhu. You know, he's he's written other stories and things. But let's talk let's talk about the beginnings of this guy. Rhode Island is where he was born, and on August twentieth, eighteen ninety. That's a while back. That's like one hundred and fifty years ago. Like Mm -hmm. this dude, this dude was was way back when. Um, and it was not super recognized during his time that he was alive here. He honestly didn't get any sort of, uh, get any credibility or like, I don't know, he, he wasn't really popular until like, uh, I would say till the seventies, really. Mm-hmm. And like, like he, he had died at 47. So what in, uh, do the math for me real quick. 30, 30, yeah. yeah. That's when he died. So you're sitting here like three decades later, 30 years. Like he's now coming to this like. People are creating a love crafty in his own. They're like, oh wow, weird, weird friction, uh, weird friction, weird fiction, is like really, really cool. And mm-hmm. um, the people started getting into his stories and were like, wow, this guy was brilliant. It was really creating some really spooky sci-fi horror esque things and really added to this supernatural side of pop culture that we didn't really get to see. Uh, it's almost like that scene from um, what's it called, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, we're jamming on a guitar, and he's like, you guys might not like this, but I promise you, your kids are going to love it. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he was just way before his time, essentially, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Um, and so, yeah, he published a lot of his stuff in uh, different magazines, and that's exactly where uh, Cthulhu's story, The Call of Cthulhu, kind of came to be, um, is in a, a magazine, uh, and particularly is like Ape, where he had his stuff. So, Yeah. In the 1970s is where his stuff started to boom more because of the sci-fi um, kind of fixation with, like, I, I'd assume a lot of things. With Star Wars and Star Trek and stuff were starting to grow and become more relevant. I think even into the 80s as well, um, along with Lovecraftian uh, works where he had Cthulhu and all of his other stories that were, like, people were trying to dive in a little deeper and they found him and really started to love his stuff. But mm-hmm. what else do what else can we say yeah. about him, Ash? 
I mean, so basically, uh, Lovecraft was, like you said, not super recognized uh, during his time. And because he was only publishing in Pulp Fiction magazines, which is kind of like the modern day equivalence to a zine, I would say, if you guys know what zines are, or like... um, Zine is like half of magazine. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I mean, they're like small magazines that uh, publish work by like smaller creators, very like... uh, yeah, just like culty kind of stuff. Not cult in like the the weird way, but like cult as in like cult art, like things that have a cult following yeah, get yeah, published yeah. in those things. And that was no different back in the day. I mean, weird fiction was where that Call of Cthulhu was published, like you said, and it was it was very much giving just small author uh, small authors like that platform to just do whatever they wanted. They didn't really have like the overhang of like big um, production teams to like make money for and stuff. They were kind of just making stuff for the sake of making stuff, which was really cool. Hmm, not like um, that. Yeah, and so I think that's why he was able to make something so out of the box and so, like you said, ahead of his time that ended up resurging uh, in the 70s and obviously has become popular to this day. Um, And so because of that freedom that he had in those Pulp Fiction magazines, his work usually centered around three main themes that were very near and dear to his heart. So cosmicism, the decadent movement, and aestheticism were like usually very recurring Mm -hmm. within his works, particularly um cosmicism in cthulhu uh for the story of cthulhu uh and he actually believed in this a lot like this was like kind of his life's way oh yeah as much as it was um a main theme in the story but basically cosmicism is the literary philosophy that says that humanity is just an insignificant force in the universe and it's kind of has a negative connotation to it but basically it describes people as being just indifferent and that we are going to be subject to the powerful beings and other cosmic forces and that we're not important at all we can be obliterated by an asteroid um, a bigger force literally anything and that's just what it is like we are just specks in a universe i don't know like it's very like existential it almost sounds like just like matter of fact yeah it is very matter of fact it's very cold it's not very emotional it's just very like here's what i believe We're just insignificant specks. Everything that we do, we need to do for ourselves and not for, like, some bigger purpose because it's just, it is what it is. Mm. It's very, like, just about being your best self. That's it. Nothing else. Like, there's no, like, moral responsibility to, like, this greater scheme. I don't know. It's very, yeah. It's an interesting way of life. It's an interesting idea. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, um... It's something that I feel like so many people that I know could probably identify as. Yeah, relate you know? to. Yeah. If, he, if they don't have any sort of, like, faith or anything. Yeah, exactly. It is kind of, yeah. He was an atheist, so, like, that obviously kind of ties into this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just basically believed that the universe was meaningless, mechanical, and uncaring of humanity. And we would never truly understand um, our universe because we're just so such a small piece of such a huge machine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that kind of relates to the way that cthulhu comes into his story because he is such a massive creature that humans are merely just something that exists and we would be destroyed if we actually looked at cthulhu right no we wouldn't even have any sort of it's it's such a a personification almost Mm -hmm. like it's the embodiment that you feel of just like pure helplessness i'm just being like because like have you ever seen those videos where like They'll zoom in, like, on Earth, oh, and they, like, see, they show like you, the and then they zoom out, and you see, like, the city, and then you see the planet, mm-hmm. and then you see the moon, and then everything gets smaller, and, and then the solar system, all that, and, the solar and, then... System, and then you see other solar systems, and then you're just like, 
I'm so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> you feel so small. And so like that feeling you get, I feel like Cthulhu embodies. Yeah. It's very yeah. that sense of cosmicism. And because um, you'll get to that in a second, the way that Cthulhu is described, um, he really just hones in on making humans feel like they are just another speck, another just bit to be destroyed by the rest of the universe. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool. Mm. I think, like, it's an interesting way. I think it really relates to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you guys are kind of into that right now, I feel the more we dive into the universe, the more insignificant, like, every single person becomes in a way because it's just always about the bigger picture. There's always something bigger. Yeah. Like, there's never, like, I feel like every villain, like, if you go back and, like, look at, like, the individual movies, like, villains, they're nothing compared to, like, Thanos. And then Thanos is nothing compared to the multiverse. And, like, it just gets like yeah. so and then yeah like in eternals where i was like what yeah. do you mean and then like you go back and watch hawkeye and, and spoilers for if you haven't watched hawkeye so then you don't like so don't spoil anything i'm gonna spoil something in like three minutes or three seconds one three two one um kingpin is yeah. so like he's such a big like spider-man villain but he's like there for like hawkeye but then you're like in the grand scheme of things, with the Celestials and, like, the multiple dimensions and everything going on, that dude's got nothing. <laughs> like, it's... But he's, like, he is a problem, and they just focus in on him. But, like, with everything going on, that's nothing. Exactly. So that's kind of what Cthulhu is. Cthulhu is the multiverse. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, essentially, if we're making, like, that bridge. So, yeah. It's just... It's wild. It's a wild mm-hmm. so time. So crazy. So crazy. So, Cosmicism, if you guys are ex- existential... Look into it. You'll probably identify with that a little bit. <laughs> I know I've um, kind of identified with certain aspects of it. I've, I've, I've felt that feeling mm-hmm. before. Yeah, you felt the feeling. I felt like, oh man, I'm small. Yeah, yeah. But I I, I mean... Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of facets a lot. to it. There's a lot. But yeah, so let's, you know, that's the background of kind of... Of the author. Author, some origins. But now we're going to get into the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Cthulhu. Mr. Sir Cthulhu. Cthulhu! Which well, has like plenty of other aliases as well. Mm-hmm. Like just Cthulhu spelled in different ways. Mm-hmm. Which was, Cthulhu is like C-T-H-U-L-H-U, which is a funky spelling already. But then some people call it like Cthulhu, which is like K-T-H-U-L-H-U-T. Or like just Great Tulu. T-U-L-U. Yeah. <laughs> Which I like. My favorite name is the High Priest of the Great Old Ones. Like, that's B-A. That's so badass. That's so cool. <laughs> that's so long. I love that name. He's the H-P-G-O-O. <laughs> the H-P-Goo. The H-P... Goo. Goo. <laughs> uh, the Sleeper of Relay. Uh, Relay? Relay? I believe it's Relay. Um, which we'll talk about later is, like, the city that Cthulhu inhabits on, like, on earth that has sunk underneath the pacific ocean mm-hmm. um the great dreamer the slumbering one the great old one uh the great cthulhu all, all these other things but we we, we want to know is he real or fake we said it before he's fake he's a fictional deity um but i honestly thought that he like was a cryptid-esque thing that could have possibly been real but yeah that's that's what i was saying i think that in modern day mythos we kind of have him mm-hmm. in the same area as cryptids but it's not it's just very intertwined with modern pop culture that i think that we have kind of lumped him in there because of his similar interests and similar kind of effects on our media and stuff so absolutely he kind of gets grouped in there but definitely is a a fictional character i thought that maybe possibly kind of back when we first started this podcast um when we're talking about the kraken i 
I kind of had is like, is Cthulhu a Kraken? Like, am I like, am I, <laughs> are they similar? Like, what, mm-hmm. what's going on? So then it was cool like to research Cthulhu a little bit back then and doing a lot of research on him now um, and seeing what, like, the, the, there are actual people who are like, see the resemblance. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But basically, The Call of the Cthulhu was the story that H.P. Lovecraft created and published in Weird Tales magazine in 1928. So he was created and he was put into this thing published there done we already know that like that was a human creation not something that has uh has already been done or has existed and was written about mm-hmm. um cthulhu is infamously known for its grotesque appearance and massive size like he's gigantic like just beholding him will drive a human that gazes upon his form absolutely insane mm-hmm. um to the point of um, like if you don't die you, you how how did you not um just he's, by looking at him. Yeah, but he's not the most powerful of Lovecraft's creations. He's kind of dwarfed by, like, the outer gods, like Yog uh, Sothoth and Nyarth Lath Oltep and Asthoth. Yeah, there's a huge universe of, like, other gods and, like, his... Um, he's got a lot of stuff. The, the Cthulhu universe is pretty big. The so Cthulhu is, mythos yeah. is massive. Yeah. So please, or mythos. Ugh. One guy said mythos in a video I watched, and now I can't stop saying mythos. Is it is it mythos or mythos? I don't know. You tell I us in the comments. It's um, but uh, yeah, so let me let me tell you what he looks like just from the drawings and depictions that we have now. So just mm-hmm. rather than saying grotesque, like that could be anything. That could be like my back knee. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Not the back so knee. Best basically, he's a humanoid silhouette. But it's scaly and a rubber-like body with, like, an octopus-like face with, like, endless amount of tentacles uh, Mm -hmm. where his mouth would be fiery red eyes, prodigious claws on the hind end, four feet, and what seemed like bat-like wings on his back. Uh, And he's, like I said, absolutely gargantuan. And that's kind of where, like, the resemblance comes with the Norse myth, the Kraken, because the Kraken is known to be some sort of octopus-esque creature with um, not many tentacles and is meant to be massive. Like, the, mm-hmm. the, the sheer size of it um, kind of leads people to believe that maybe H.P. Lovecraft took inspiration from the Kraken to create Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like what it is. That, that, that's kind of who Cthulhu is as a baseline. Yeah. Plenty more to cover on that, but... Just in case you need to talk to your old friends a little bit, just let them know. Just a little bit, you know. Hey, high priest of the old great ones. Let me let me tell you about him. Yeah, he's also I don't know. I'll try to include a photo, uh, the original photo. It's so of like funny. it's kind of cute actually. <laughs> uh, H.P. Lovecraft drew his first draft of what he thought Cthulhu would look like. And it's, like, basically this cute little octopus man sitting in, like, the thinker position. You know, like, that statue of the thinker. We all know what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) And he's kind of round and soft. And I thought it was really cute. He To me, he resembles a little, like, picture of Gengar sitting on the stairs. Yeah, definitely. And he's just like... "Hmm." Yeah. It's it's pretty cute. But definitely uh, throughout the comic and over time, he has become a more scary-looking creature, more just... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's giving me very, like... It's just there. It's giving me very just, like, insane, huge, like... 
mysterious monster, monster yeah like monster hunter energy where it's just like everything is dark and moody and like oh. you see it on the horizon like the lightning strikes and you only see like the outline but it's like the size of the horizon basically mm. like it, it kind okay. of became that kind like, of like almost oh, i'm trying to like god of war god of war there you go there we go yeah you know like that kind of like mood oh yeah because there's like massive you literally fight things like this in god of war exactly so. that's what i was thinking of yeah yeah, yeah but it becomes that obviously with the story and stuff and we're not going to get super deep into like the mythos and universe of cthulhu from the call of cthulhu that was written by hp lovecraft and or the people who got into it we're just kind of giving you a topical view of it and overall throughout history so if you guys want to get into the history and more of knowing (laughs) where like he lies within this universe the Cthulhu Cinematic Universe, the CCU. (laughs) You can definitely look that up. There's so much out there to read about them, and it's really, really interesting. But let's get into some more stuff about him before you go and head on over to a different site. Um, Britannica.com describes him as, quote, Cthulhu is characterized as the priest or leader of the Old Ones, which is a species that came to Earth from the stars before human life arose. The old ones went dormant, and their city slipped under the Earth's crest beneath the Pacific Ocean. They communicated with humans by telepathy, and in hidden corners of the world, uncivilized people remembered and worshipped Cthulhu in the rites that he described as loathsome. These groups had statues of Cthulhu that seemed to be made of materials not found on Earth, and chanted the phrase, which I will not be saying, it's very, it's an alien. You want to try it? Um, okay. Fenguli. 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 Yeah. Okay, okay, got this. He's speaking yeah. alien. I nailed it. Oh, my, yeah, my you alien. did. I'm fluent. Your alien's actually better than your Russian. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that is true. But they're, yeah. they're pretty similar in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that basically translates to in this house at Raleigh, dead Cthulhu waits dreaming. When conditions are right, the city will rise, and with the help of the eternal Cthulhu cults, Cthulhu will awaken and again rule the world. So that is kind of the baseline of the mythos. Yeah. Um, you know, they're just generally waiting for him to reawaken and re-rule the earth as he once did. Though in his mythos, it is said that, like you just described, he can't be looked at, <laughs> like directly. So all we know is, is I mean, obviously, like the story was taken from the perspective of like other beings you know so and like overall view so once there was a cthulhu cthulhu was so ugly that everybody died that's basically what that's literally it that's the story that's his that's mythos if you wanted like the tldr that's it yeah um but his abilities uh in his story are telepathic like i just said he speaks to his followers and those chosen to know his lore via dreams a lot like aliens in general, I mm. think, in modern law. They can just telepathically speak to you, which I think would suck. Imagine. You're just sitting there and someone just starts talking to you telepathically. That is so rude. He's like, hey. And you're there like, what? <laughs> it's just like the scary thing that happened to me in the kitchen. Was that what I need to talk about? Yes, I remembered. Okay. Oh my God. So this was not telepathy, but we had to mention it on the podcast. So I was sitting in my room and I was facing my window. And I was sitting in the middle of my room. There's behind me is my kitchen. And I'm sitting there just like, I was a really rough day. Well, oh, what was it? What was it? It was the 24th. I was just, I was actually mid to post panic attack. 
Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there just like on my phone, just trying to like scroll on my TikTok or whatever. And mind you, Dakota's left the room. Um, the, the door is like on the bolt and the um, vent sometimes has sounds that come from it. But this came not from the vent, not from the door, but in, in the middle of the room just behind me. And I heard, hi. And I was like, hello. I got so scared. I don't think of ghosts. I don't believe in them. I don't really like I'm such a skeptic when it comes to that stuff, but Ironically terrible. on this podcast. And so I think it was like, this was that someone talked to me in my brain? Am I going crazy? Like this this holiday madness just driven me out of my mind. And uh, I was I, I told Dakota and she's like, Are you okay? And I'm like <laughs> and I was like, I need to sit down. And she's like, You are sitting. I was like, okay. And I laid down. And I got really, really scared. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So maybe you might have been almost chosen telepathically. like By Cthulhu. But yeah, I don't know. That's funny. Yeah, that's because we were trying to remember what you said. Because I always say like, oh, just say that on the podcast. And then we never remember. But this time. Write that down. Write that down. Yeah, we're always saying write that down. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. So he can do telepathy. Maybe Corey spoke to him. I don't know um magic the i mean by magic that's kind of like he can do magic like what kind like tricks like he going to throw up a sheet and then disappear i don't know yeah he can pull bunny out of hat pull bunny out of a hat i mean i'm sure he does a lot more but that's just kind of the general word maybe just like the dr strange stuff where he does like the friends gesture the whole like Mm -hmm. yeah and then he has like glowing red tentacle things yeah, I'm not really sure. Night Omniscience, he can fly. Obviously, he has uh, little bat wings. He has vast strength. I would hope so because he's so big. He's immortal. Um, dark powers. If you guys play like D&D and stuff, you'll know that these are kind of descriptors for things. Oh, yeah. Um, madness inducement, so you can make people go insane. Plasma manipulation. Uh, the ability to create and command the star spawn, which are other characters in the, the Cthulhu universe. universe yeah. yeah. Shape-shifting, esokinesis, and dimensionokinesis, which is kind of what Doctor Strange does. Like dimension dimension. Kinesis, I'm, I'm thinking dimensionokinesis is, like, him being able to, like, no matter what dimension you're in, he can, like... Yeah, he like, can show up, though. He can be there. Like, he can be like, hey, what's up? Kind I of. I can talk to you, I can yeah. manipulate something here, I can, like, boom. Sort of, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so he can also endure great amounts of damage. It is also said that if humans were to set, like, a nuclear bomb off, Cthulhu would not be phased. He's just that buff. And he can only be killed by a near omnipotent power, which means that he can all like basically only be fighting the other old ones in order to endure any real kind of damage. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like, at least for humans, like just an all around powerhouse and could take us out literally whenever. Yeah, the like the, I think what some of the people he ends up fighting, like or his like enemies, are generally called the elder things. Mm-hmm. I think, which is a really, like, I don't know, it sounds like a really, like, broad name, older things. So, like, almost like when you're told in, like, an English class, like, you can't just use thing to, like, describe something. You have to find a more intelligent word. It's just something that no one did. The elder things. I think it was just the best word they could figure out. Also, mm-hmm. esokinesis is, like, reality warping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it just, like, the ability to, like, make people think certain things. He's He's got the Infinity Stones, essentially. Basically, just... yeah. He's really buff. He's really strong. He's Thanos. Yeah, kind of, actually, <laughs> yeah. Very Thanos-esque. So, if you're wondering if there's a relation, that's it's kind of similar to that. But, yeah. So, tell me more about Cthulhu, some more lore. Okay. So, things have to start. Things have to end. So, let's just talk about how Cthulhu did his thing. So... 
You want to know what his mom and dad's name was? What? Yub and Nug. <laughs> I love that his third name was Nub and, Nug and Yeb. <laughs> Nug and Yeb. <laughs> I feel like you would go to like a smoothie shop and like the guy smoking crack out the back would be named Yeb. Like Yeb. He would just be back there being like, what's up? And hey, like, Yeb. Yeb. Oh, who's the guy um, on iCarly who had the donuts on, like the, the tacos on a stick? And oh my god, I literally just looked this up. I mean, like, oh, not Sako. No, Sako is the oh, Sok Sok guy. guy. Oh, um, I feel like yeah, he's very that I feel energy. Like, not even in that energy. Like he would like because he doesn't smoke crack. Maybe huh? maybe he does. <laughs> no, I don't think he but does. But like, but like just like that like vibe like that's, Tebow. Tebow. Like, Tebow and Yeb are best friends. <laughs> and then there's Nug. <laughs> and there's Nug. Um, and on planet Hulu. Vulu? No, Vul. Vul. Why did I say Vulu? Vulu. <laughs> on, on planet Vul. He was born um, to Nug and Yeb. And Yeb <laughs> is where he was born in the 23rd Nebula. You know, just because I know where that is. Yeah. It's Go- Google Maps it. Sec- second star, take a left. And Because if you take a right, you'll end up, you know. In the 21st Nebula. Yeah, you have to take a left. Globbage. That's where Yeb's from. <laughs> Uh, so then I'll later on, like, if you just want to know, like, where, like, you know, he never went to college or anything that I know of, but Cthulhu ended up going to Zoth, which is a star, and then he birthed his offspring there. Um, and then he, like, visited Saturn for, like, a spring break once, and mm-hmm. then went to Earth. Basically. Um, basically stayed there, um, created his, like, little, um, island area floating in the sky called, um, Relay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where he kind of resided there. But then uh, he received a lot of resistance from the elder things who also happened to live here on Earth. Um, war was had, and then they made a truce. Uh, Cthulhu was like, "All right, I'm asleep now," and he went to a deep hibernation and hasn't woke up since. Um, but after humanity evolved on Earth, Cthulhu kind of started communicating to people via dreams and built the cult of Cthulhu through these people who he was speaking to. But all of a sudden, some distract uh, disaster struck relay and it sunk into the pacific ocean and hasn't risen up very often it says it has risen briefly but it's been prophesied that on a permanent account it'll rise again and cthulhu will awaken and rule the earth yeah i mean there's obviously going to be another war with the elder things because yeah yeah, they can't let that property go and so my my question is is if he has to rule the earth you have to have people to rule, right? You have to have a, a creatures to rule. So if we mm-hmm. see him well, and he, like, kills us with his face, <laughs> would he, like, would he, like, what, just rule a rock? He's like, I'm on this planet now. I rule this sphere. Maybe. I don't really, I don't think that, that that's, um, what if he, like, fights invisibly and then just communicates to us through our <laughs> dreams? He's just like, does, does invisibility go... He could probably, with some sort of power he does have, mm-hmm. make us not be able to see him. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Or he was see... doing the the SOP oh, he, thing. He's got, he's got. Um, he can change his form. That too. So he's he's good. He can make him not so ugly. Yeah. He can give somebody else the ugly. Slightly less ugly. You gave me the ugly. Basically. Um. But yeah, that's basically Cthulhu's beginning and his end, and then his plan for the future. Basically, yeah. 
Uh, like we said, if you guys want to get more into the Cthulhu lore, we're just kind of doing a general overview. Um, but there is so much more to this. Oh, and yeah. the rest of Nug and Yeb and the, the old things, all of it. There is content, y'all. There's a lot of content. It was really hard to whittle it down. But, but we hope that you're following. And if you're not, that's okay, too. <laughs> I'm super interested. And I might actually like dive a little deeper into it, just mm -hmm. on a personal account. Especially now, I'm going to have a couple of things for you. So exactly. We're going to see how it goes. But now we are going to get into the pop culture after a short break. So we'll see you in a couple seconds. Take a breather. Grab a hot chocolate. Stay warm. Get your toes nice and toasty. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Hello. We're, we're back. back. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to understand some more Cthulhu lore and just ended up sitting here microwaving our brains. It it's so hard to retain if you don't already know what it is. Yes. Let me tell you. I think it's, Ugh. we were saying that's kind of along the lines of like D&D. You have to know so much information to even begin to understand the universe of Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. But I feel like because people have just kind of ripped the tentacle guy from the rest of the information, no one truly like understands how deep the lore goes. It's... And that's probably why like it did so well in being like, permeant because there's so like if you're an actual nerd which most of the people who create things that we're going to talk about are mm -hmm. they're like wow that's actually so cool i'm gonna get a new idea off that yeah so i think that that's why also i mean and that's why of... I mean, we're nerds talking about this stuff and mm -hmm. you all y'all are nerds listening to this stuff so yeah nerds are like in the most i mean in, in not any sort of derogatory sense in the in, in at all because i'm a nerd i'm an otaku i'm all that stuff so yeah it's really so fun. it's really interesting it's yeah. very very interesting i wish i knew where to start yeah, yeah, Lovecraftian uh, works are very convoluted, but like we said, have created a lot of lore that mm. has just stuck with us. It's very iconic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's so much cool stuff about Cthulhu that's been created. I want to get into it, girl. Yes, let's get into it. We're going to start off the pop culture. I'm going to give you some board games that Cthulhu has been featured in. Uh, Corey is such a nerd for board games. Tabletop. Tabletop, I guess, is better. I like tabletop games, yeah, too. Yeah, because yeah. I'm an active DM and player, player in, in D&D. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyways. So board games. You know, we're all nerds. Yes. Um, and Cthulhu has obviously not been saved from becoming a part of many, 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 many board games. Nope. But we're just going to highlight a few that we thought were fun. First, we're going to start with the 1981 Call of Cthulhu. Um, Chaosium was a company that released this kind of role-playing game. Again, we are talking about getting into it very a la D&D &D, where you get into the characters, you like... D literally just role-play, basically. Yeah. and tables out of RPG, yeah. man. Exactly. And... It's in its seventh edition, so you can still play it. It's got loads of updates since 1981, has a lot of supplementary material, and has actually won several awards. So if you ever want to get into some Cthulhu lore, but you're looking for it to be hands-on, not just reading about it, yeah. call Cthulhu, the game. It's your, it's your thing. I would anticipate it to be similar to a D&D-esque experience, where yeah. I believe there's dice involved, mm -hmm. and like there's rolls, and there's role play like it like it says rpg and along with like battle sequences and things like that too so be prepared for something deep especially if it's like based in the like something is, yeah. mythos like it's gonna have its own lore it's gonna have a lot going on so yeah. D esque for sure yeah just a warning if you do want to get into cthulhu it's a lot mm -hmm. just just put your seatbelt on wear a helmet maybe mm -hmm. drink some water it's it's a lot but it is very important i think to pop culture very cool so 
yeah uh, there's also Arkham Horror, which was released in 1987, also by Chaosium. It's a co-op adventure board game, which is a little bit less involved than like a role-playing game. Think more like Monopoly, based on the same background, and has since been reissued again uh, with other publishers. And it was rebuilt entirely in 2005 and 2018, so like big updates. And there's also a pulp version of this named The Eldritch Horror in 2013. So it's got quite a few different types the eldritch horror eldritch eldritch, eldritch yeah. horror is definitely the one that's the most similar or the most um in the cthulhu background but yeah mm-hmm. it, it, the, i think when i was watching like this guy's like top five of cthulhu board games he was like arkham horror is like my favorite out of the two he's like i think eldritch horror is a little easier to play the mechanics are better but he's like Arkham Horror, like, definitely embodies that, like, horror survival aspect of what a Cthulhu board game should be. Mm -hmm. So, that was just what his opinion was. Yeah, and then we have, in 2015, Cthulhu Wars. Um, The author of Chaosium, Sandy Peterson, created a skirmish-based RPG game, so this is definitely, like, a shorter form. Again, role-playing is involved, very nerdy. But skirmishes are kind of, like, more impromptu short games. I would assume probably, like, Mm -hmm. Gloomhaven, where it's, Mm -hmm. like one battle like you set up the battle sequence it'll last about two hours and then that's like you that's it but then you'll come back and then like the story will continue in a way like the board game almost like leads you through a story has like episodes but you don't have you don't have to play yeah. all of them or any of them in order it's kind of like i would assume so yeah. something mm-hmm. like that it yeah. sounds really cool i love to try it yeah and i guess that, that one comes with amazing like little mini figures based off of the mythos in cthulhu so you'll get your own baby cthulhu and all those little cute things to help you play the game um, yeah, so shout out to Chaosium for being, um... All over that Cthulhu <laughs> Yeah, all stuff. over that Cthulhu stuff. And then you have Pandemic, which I think is very timely. Uh, this version of Pandemic is called Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu. Obviously, again, set in the same universe, but instead of an illness infecting the world, uh, you try to stop the return of Cthulhu to save everybody. Which I'm sure if you've been in, like, high school or middle school, you've played, like, a version of Pandemic on the computer. You know, like, like Plague, were... Inc.? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's like very that Plague Inc. esque. Yeah. I played I Pandemic. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. So I think this would be really, really cool. And it's hard. Really? Like, normal. Like you, there's like levels that you can pick, mm-hmm. and just the normal level of Pandemic is not easy to play. Like, you play, like, you'll play for like an hour and a half or something and still like lose in the end, and you're like, ah! Like, yeah. I wasted my life. Yeah, like, but. Was not worth it. It's still cool. Yeah, I very, think it's, very yeah, cool. Interesting. It's a popular game. game for sure definitely but we do have also in the same vein as games we have a lot of video games that cthulhu makes an appearance and again we try to whittle it down there are so so many references so if we missed any of your favorites shout it out in the comments wherever you can but Corey, give us the pop culture video games that we chose oh yeah absolutely and let me tell you i will be playing some of these games on my uh on my twitch so please come join me there um but we have Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth, a 2006 publication based off of the Lovecraft's work, um, the Lovecraftian works. Cthulhu isn't seen, but he is re- referred to heavily um, as like the main antagonists are D- Dagon, mm-hmm. the Sea God, and the Deep Ones from the Shadow of Innsmouth, which I believe is another story that um, was written by uh, Lovecraft. Yeah, so Innsmouth, Innsmouth, the Shadow over Innsmouth and um, Cthulhu universe are very, um, how do you say, a la Venn diagram. Yeah, intertwined. <laughs> yeah, intertwined. Sure. D- different works, but same author. Uh, it's kind of the way that 
if the original Percy Jackson books relate to the second series with the other kids, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just find though. it weird that the name is Call of Cthulhu, but it's related to, like, a different book entirely. <laughs> like, it doesn't even yeah. show Cthulhu. But there are um, there are statues. There's a statue of uh, Cthulhu in the game. And if you look at it, it'll diminish the player's sanity, which I think is really cool. A little nod to Cthulhu in general. Because I think if Cthulhu was there in, at, at all, he'd probably just die by looking at him. <laughs> Um, not too fair, and, but there is one of Cthulhu's star spawn that looked very, very similar to the statue that's uh, that appears as a late game enemy. So, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, a game of the namesake. There's also a game called S T A L K E R, which spells Stalker. It's a Ukrainian video game that features a Cthulhu-inspired mutant called Bloodsucker. Um, Call of Duty Black Ops, some blops, we love that. Call of Duty Black Ops 3 actually had the zombies that were mainly inspired by Cthulhu, um, which I had played a lot of, and I actually don't remember that. I don't, I don't love zombies. That, that's not my favorite version of Call of Duty. I don't even play Call of Duty much anyway anymore. Um, but Black Ops 3 is probably the one I played the most. And, uh, then I finally got into the zombies, and I guess I definitely see the relationship to Cthulhu. I didn't play it heavily enough to know that that's the that was a direct inspiration, but that's pretty cool to know. That's such a like a popular game series actually like pulled mm-hmm. something from that which you know it didn't actually have to. It was a war game. Nothing right. even related to Cthulhu and it was a uh, took inspiration from something pretty neat. Um yes. another really popular game series that I've never played. My dad told me I wasn't allowed to when I was growing up because <laughs> it's not as good as the normal version um, was World of Warcraft. My dad said Warcraft, the normal game, but was not an MMORPG, um, was way better. But in the MMORPG World of Warcraft, numerous references to Cthulhu and the Mythos, or Mythos, I cannot stop saying Mythos now that I started being really angry about it. Um, the uh, it, it includes the early raid boss called uh, Chathun, and there are more recent uh, uh, bosses called the Old Gods, uh, and named Nzoth resting in a sunken city. So both of those refer um, to the uh, the MMORPG World of Warcraft um, with with Cthulhu and the Mythos all being intertwined and entangled in the story. So that's pretty cool. I think that's really neat. I've always been wanting to get in the WoW, but I've never done so. Have you played any WoW before? I have not. I feel I... like it's it's a deep it's a deep hole. Like it's you, a deep hole. Like if you slip and fall into it, you're mm-hmm. never really coming out. Yeah. From what I've been told. I mean, yeah, definitely. I remember seeing the ads for it. I think it's definitely one of maybe your generation. You're like a couple years older than me, uh, right? My generation? Yeah. Well, I'm I feel 25. like. I know. Well, we're only like a year apart, but I think that like. You, well, you were super into video games and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing up, that wasn't necessarily like my strong suit. So maybe like yeah, boys of your age also, yeah, would have been into World of Warcraft, maybe a little bit older. But yeah, continuing on from, from wow, from World of Warcraft to our our poor upgrading piece, <laughs> we go to Scribble Knots, which I never played, but I know that, that was that also on Wii. I think it was on the Wii. Was it on Wii? Two thousand nine. That was definitely yeah. Wii times. Um, and Let me I have to look that up. I never played it. Oh, Miley had it on DS. Oh, yeah, it it on on DS. DS. <laughs> yeah, you Scribble because you use the stylus, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but you can summon Cthulhu. Oh. That, that's like the opposite of what I thought was going to happen. No, you, you can summon. I have no idea what the game even entails, what you do. Mm. But, um, however, he specifically, sorry, he's significantly smaller than what is described by HP Lovecraft, but he's much stronger than most other aggressive objects. Oh. So, 
that's pretty cool. He's always he's got a, um, an immense power, but he doesn't have the size to match that. I guess in the game, it's kind of hard to summon something like that if it doesn't fit on the screen. It's really cute looking though. Is it really? If you look look it up, I mean, like the whole like aesthetic of Scribble Knots is very like children and like cutesy. It it is very um, it's me like Webkin's vibes. It's very akin to the thing that he drew, Lovecraft, yeah, like that yeah. first original drawing. It's kind of soft and cute and not very huge. I mean, it is bigger than like the main players that you use, but not like gargantuan. Interesting. But yeah, this is just so random, I think, because Scribble Knots, like when you look at the cover, it's like, it's so, I don't know, like baby Einsteins-esque, <laughs> you know, not baby Einsteins, little Einsteins. Little Einsteins. Yeah. But anyway... <laughs> Um, there's also Terraria, which I've always looked at as like a 2D version of Minecraft, but mm, I don't, yeah. I've never actually played it to know. It looks kind of like a platformer to me, and I'm not really a big platformer kind of guy. But a sandbox game that has two bosses called the Eye of Cthulhu and the Brain of Cthulhu, which just has a you, lot of Cthulhu Would you references. imagine is inspired by Cthulhu? <laughs> um, and it includes the, the design of the final boss, the Moon Lord, which looks like Cthulhu himself yeah so that's pretty cool uh i've never played it myself but if you have let me know what you think i might actually try that out because it, it, it looked to me it looks like minecraft but i never thought that it would have any cthulhu references to it that's kind of neat and the last one we're going to talk about is one that i remember heavily being advertised on tv that i uh like on I nickelodeon got, yeah I, I i downloaded it and my parents got so mad at me for doing so and i don't know why but i ended up playing it for a little bit but never actually for long enough to make it worth it but the mmorpg wizard 101 i literally just looked up while you were talking the ads for it because they were so bad like so there's like horrible 3d renders i mean like this is obviously in like the earlier days like i mean what was it oh nine nah it was it was, it was like oh nine really? i mean i think the one the ad that i remember was oh nine but obviously it was probably made before that and it's just horribly blocky and like the uh, the early days of online gaming were just insane. I remember like, being so much better. Yeah, no, it was it was released in oh eight. So yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, y'all remember the Wizard One One ads? They were they were insane. <laughs> like it just looked so weird. I don't know. But in Wizard One One, there was a spell that was named Call of Karulu, which <laughs> believe it or not, again. Inspired by Cthulhu themselves. Don't know what it does. Don't know what it is. I can't. I, I haven't looked that up to even know, actually. But anyways. What else we got, Ash? Uh, as far as more pop culture, we do have some politics to talk about, which is kind of funny. Not funny, but like, what the heck? It was wild. It was wild. Uh, it would appear that Cthulhu was a parody candidate in both the 2012 and 2016 presidential elections. The faux campaigns usually satirize voters who claim to vote for the quote-unquote lesser evil. In 2016, specifically, the Dark Lord Cthulhu troll account submitted an official application to be on the Massachusetts presidential ballot. The account raised $4,000 from fans to fund the campaign through GoFundMe, but the website took hold of the account, refunded the fund and shut it down so GoFundMe was like no bs but i mean like it makes sense because like you can't be split like you know it's like that's an actual serious problem <laughs> imagine um, if it actually showed up though. i mean there's there have been a, a few like fake parody candidates like these nuts was on like a local ballot once like just stuff like that no way. yeah if you look it up like this happens kind of more often than you'd think and that's kind of one of the consequences of having open democracy, I guess, especially at the local level, uh, because literally anybody can submit to be on like 
ballots and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you look up, um, what is it, ballot fails or something, you can find a lot of these, like, random happenings. But it is pretty damaging, I think, to democracy sometimes to just take that and do joke things because it does undermine the seriousness that does happen with voting. And then we, uh, on a light, I don't know if it's on a different note. I'm just going to say different note. We have uh, the official cult of Cthulhu. So, yes, the official cult of Cthulhu. Um, They don't necessarily describe themselves as a cult in the traditional sense because obviously that would be kind of... Um, illegal? In, I don't know. No, don't cults, know. Are, cults are not illegal. Not you're illegal. allowed. You're allowed to do join a cult, at least cult, in the U.S. As long as it's not like hurting anybody. Or, yeah, like, yeah. When anybody. I think of cult, though, I mm. think of like, like Scientology. No, I think of like KKK. When oh. I think of cult, or I think of like something like insane. old England, like people like sacrifices, like throwing and, bodies into the fire and uh, dancing around yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah. I think like I, th- I don't think of something. It's not a good sight. I think right. a lot of fire, I think a lot of killing of just, yeah. like, I don't know, maidens. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it, goats are involved for some reason. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess the Cult of Cthulhu has an FAQ page, and it asks, um, do you all believe Cthulhu is real? And apparently some cultists do, some do not. Both treat each other with respect. There are, I'm reading this from their website, are two philosophical schools that exist within the cult called pantheism and uh, deism. Deism states that old Cthulhu or Cthulhu and the old ones could exist literally. Uh, Pantheism has no supernatural gods and states that Cthulhu and the old ones exist only as metaphors for nature, the cosmos and life. So basically like their big, I guess, overarching like beliefs is very um, what I was talking about earlier with the whole cosmo cosmicism situation they kind of just believe that we are insignificant beings to um the rest of existence uh, in the universe and that we will all be destroyed basically at some point so they're just trying to spread the call of cthulhu make sure everyone knows about cosmicism and um yeah that's it that's pretty much it i mean it says what is the point of this organization in their faq and it says mankind is insignificant your life is insignificant but it is your life we think, we feel, we love, and we despair. And the point of the cult of Cthulhu is to allow people to spend their brief time in this light in the best way possible before they return to the void, quote unquote. Interesting. That's what they're doing. How interesting. Yeah, Here we go. Very existentialist. They don't have like a membership fee. They accept anybody. Um, and you just got to like commit to cosmicism, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, so wild. Like, they're actually, like, a group of people. (laughs) Yeah, good for them. Well, there you go. You're allowed to believe whatever you want to believe. I guess so. Yeah, but anyways, that's that. There's also some science references. Oh, yeah, we're nerds in the gaming sense, but we're also nerds in the actual nerd department, too. Um, There's actually several scientific names of animals that uh, have Cthulhu-inspired scientific names, which is mm-hmm. weird. I couldn't. It, it was harder to find like the common name for some of these, um, but the Pimoa Cthulhu is a scientific name for the Cal- a, 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 a California spider. It like generally means like I think Pimoa or has it means like big legs. So there's like 21 species of spider that look like this and, or are in this species category, and it's terrifying. Like this thing is big. 
It's like no. yellow and black. These legs are massive, and Ash gets sick just thinking about it. Yeah, I like accidentally clicked on images, and I wanted to throw up. Like it was so gross. <laughs> Sorry to all the spiders, but like ew. Like it's like just massive legs and like thick body. Oh yeah, it's very very large. Oddly enough, I found two moths. One from <laughs> two New Zealand, one from New Guinea, and one from Guatemala, that uh, are both based off of their, their names at least are based off of Cthulhu. Um, the one that's like kind of pretty and kind of not like terrifying is like this Speridonia Cthulhu, which Cthulhu. I thought was interesting. I think I might have spelled that wrong, <laughs> and it just is like there. So I'm gonna just say Cthulhu. It might be Cthulhu. Who knows? Um, and then there's another one, the Guatemalan moth called Xylophonus. Z- uh, Z- Cthulhu, which is terrifying. Yeah, don't look up Xylophanus Cthulhu. God, oh, it's so scary. It's it's like I, if I saw that, I would probably uh, move. I would leave. Move. I would go away. I would you know as far across the world as I could from that thing. So yes, don't the, go to Guatemala. That moth or is Costa just, Rica. I think. It doesn't even look like a moth. It looks like a flying tentacle. Oh, it, it looks like Cthulhu. Like, that's the one that's, like, the most terrifying out of all. Like, the spider could be my best friend. No, the spider could die. But, yeah. <laughs> Both of them. Horrible. All of them. Horrible. Sorry. All three of them. Uh, next, there's two microorganisms that assist in the digestion of wood by termites. I know. Super interesting. <laughs> um, but they have been named after Cthulhu and Cthulhu's daughter. Um, I believe the half-daughter. Um, uh, Cthyla. Mm-hmm. Um, Cthulhu microfasciculumque and Columque. and Cthyla macrofasciculumque. Um, it's they're long words. They're scientific, crazy names, and they are what they are. There, there's also a dark region near the equator of Pluto, which is that a planet now? They keep going back and forth with that. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a planet. Yeah, it's a Pl- planet Pluto in our writes. hearts. Pluto writes. Um, and it was initially referred to as the whale, but now we call it Cthulhu Macula, <laughs> which I think is kind of neat. That's really cute. I think it's neat. So if you like Pluto, go ahead and give the C- Cthulhu Macula a look. I also believe there's like a spot on Pluto that looks like Pluto, the dog from Disney. <laughs> I that's lie. cute. But we just got like really high res photos and people were like, that's Pluto the dog. It's kind of weird. Kind of uncanny actually. But mm-hmm. you know, I watch a lot of TV, Ash. Is there any uh, Cthulhu on TV these days? There is so many Cthulhu references. It's gross how much there is. Yeah. I think that, again, these are also more referential than they are direct appearances, but we'll get into it. So uh, in South Park, Cartman turns out to be so irredeemably evil that he is even able to tame Cthulhu and direct it to annihilate personal enemies. That is not a good thing. That is not something that you want. Cartman should not be in charge of Cthulhu because that is not good. (laughs) That is horrible. And also threatening. (laughs) Just eh. Yeah, Get out of here! So bad. Uh, if you've ever seen Rick and Morty, uh, in the opening title sequence, you can see Cthulhu. I think that that one's a pretty common one these days that people know him from. Uh, if you are from me and Corey's generation, you oh. got the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Yes. They actually do have uh, a double-length episode called The Prank Call of Cthulhu, where they just go ham with the references. Uh, I feel like a, this is the second time we've re- second or third time we've referenced the Grim Adventures of Billy and it's Mandy, so good. and they, much like Phineas and Ferb, I think, were kind of coming in hot. Yeah, some of these that was before the Phineas and Ferb times, yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, it was so good. I remember watching that. Yeah. I don't think I was allowed to because like Cartoon Network, right? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch it. Me neither. <laughs> but we still did. 
uh, in The Simpsons. There was a small appearance in the episode Treehouse of Horror. Uh, so that's cool. The Real Ghostbusters also had an episode called The Collect Call of Cthulhu. And it's an animated show where in this episode, the Ghostbusters face the spawn of Cthulhu and the cult. Not just Cthulhu, also the cult. The people who are getting mind blade. You know, so that's cool. Uh, in Supernatural, if you guys watch Supernatural, uh, I think it was also part of my gen as well. Super yeah. Hulock, the Super Hulock fandom. Supernatural, Doctor Who, and Sherlock were like the big three. Yeah. Like that was a whole side of Tumblr. I didn't watch any of those. No, I, I was, think maybe Sherlock would be the one I'm most interested in watching though. Yeah. I was Super Hulock adjacent, but I was never in it. Like I just mm. knew a lot of people who was in it, but not me. Anyways, but in Supernatural, the first leviathan's name was cthulhu and they mentioned lovecraft later in the series as well supernatural does have quite a bit of like lore attached to it as well and i'm kind of surprised that we haven't mentioned that series before on this podcast True. but maybe we missed it i'm sure in the future yeah maybe we missed some but i'm sure in the future this will also come up mm. uh in 2007 there was also a film loosely based off of lovecraft's uh work and as well as the shadow over Innsmouth, which is called cthulhu then Underwater was a film that worshipped Cthulhu. So you can just see him at the climax of the film. Mm-hmm. Not much information there. I think one of the biggest things that people know this kind of lore from is from Stranger Things. The D&D storyline drew a huge amount of inspiration from the Cthulhu mythos, including the main antagonist, the Mind Flayer. We yeah. see a lot of the similarities in like size and like just overall powers i would say yeah in D D, my players aren't like that big but they have like their tele- telepathic powers and mm-hmm. do look a whole lot like if you were to envision cthulhu so if you want to like and just get an image of what maybe a cthulhu person would be mind flayer just google D D mind flayer that'll definitely be it but don't forget bird box as well um yes. with sandra bullock apparently the creatures from that netflix original movie were happen to be related to cthulhu well, I think it's just similar in the sense that they couldn't look at it before because then they would, like, explode. <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah. So that's kind of, like, the similarity for Bird Box. I think it was more referential mm. than anything, but yeah. I never watched it, to be honest. Me neither. I, I, just, I, I watched just The Quiet went. Place, and then I saw that movie come out, and I was like, that's just trying to copy Quiet Place. Sandra Bullock, I love you, but sorry. <laughs> I, I just think that it. it got way too much hype for what it was. Like, I mean... I'm yeah, also kind that. of that person. Is like, when stuff gets too much hype, like, I feel like I'm more critical of it i guess and um, like that happened yeah. to me with squid game it happened to me with a few things so i don't know but then like i ended up loving wandavision so who's to say mm. anyways but for anybody who watches uh, watches uh tv that was super cool if you listen to music for uh, anyone who watches tv <laughs> like yeah, literally just anybody in case you don't um then you only listen to music here's some things that you might miss uh might have missed or something that you might know about already which would be like dead mouse has a song called Cthulhu Sleeps, mm-hmm. which he do. He do be sleeping. He, he do be, be hibernating. Metallica's Dream No More. Uh, they refer to Cthulhu as well as in the 1984 album Ride the Lightning with the instrumental track The Call of Cthulhu. Um, 1986 album Master of Puppets, the song The Thing That Should Not Be actually quotes H.P. Lovecraft's The Call of Cthulhu damn yeah metallica was out here being nerdy man amen they've been doing the things mm-hmm. the um the, the acacia strain the acacia strain you know the, the cthulhu is a song a song that they have in near their album continent um the fields of the nephilim both songs the watchman and 
Last Exit for the Lost referred to Cthulhu. So they have two songs that have Cthulhu in it. And then the last one we're going to talk about is Nano War of Steel. And in the album Stairway to Valhalla, there's a song called The Call of Cthulhu. So that's pretty direct if you if you'd ask me. So, <laughs> I mean, um, I don't know what it is about metal and like referencing like all these nerdy things. I feel like most times we've talked about music sans sax squatch, like metal has been involved. <laughs> like they'd be actually making Loki some smart references for a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, you for know like it. You know compared it. to other genres. And which... there's plenty more songs out there, but like I don't know if y'all know those. But if you do, if we missed it, let us know. Yeah, I actually did used to listen to the Acacia Strain back in back in my day. Really? So yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. You know, the scene kid days. Yeah. (laughs) But definitely metal is just making a lot of fun references that a lot of other genres, I think, either miss out on or don't need. (laughs) But maybe metal... I don't know why metal lends itself so well to this kind of I feel because, like, if you listen to metal, I feel like a lot of... I I don't know a lot of... uh, I guess the best word would be, like, normies that listen to metal. (laughs) I guess. Yeah, yeah. My my cousin listened to, like, German death metal. Right. Like, she was, like, one of the biggest nerds I ever knew. And I thought she was really, really cool. Mm. Also a little scary because she had, like, a pet tarantula. I had, like, dark eye makeup, black scene haircut, and, like, everything. I was like, but... I feel like you went through that kind of phase at one point. I did. And I no was one, that person. And if anybody, if anybody did go through that kind of phase, I feel like my heart and mind did, but my physicality didn't show it because my parents wouldn't let me kind of thing. Um, as far as books go, we have George R.R. R. Martin uh, with The Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, basically, it's just the books that the Game of Thrones uh, TV series is based on. And I guess he makes a lot of Lovecraftian uh, references, which mm-hmm. is honestly pretty, I would say, predictable for something of that size and scale. Um, based in specifics, we have The Drowned God, which is a nod to Cthulhu. Uh, we have Lord uh, Dagon Greyjoy. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly because I've never <laughs> experienced uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm, but he was a ruler of the Iron Islands. The symbol of his people is the Kraken and they chant um, in their baptism speech that what is dead may never die but rises again harder and stronger. Um, and that's also another Ooh. Lovecraftian reference. To, yeah, yeah, it sounds like know, it too. To the other book as well that we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Martin published a short story pitting Jamie Lannister against Cthulhu on his blog once. So yeah, let's go. Just, just nerd things. Thanks, Hashtag Martin. just nerd things. Lovecraft County by Matt Ruff is a story about a group of black men traveling through New England only to discover that their ancestors include an evil cult of very racist magicians. And I would like to point out that there is so much uh, talk about H.P. Lovecraft now just because his views are pretty racist um so it seems a little bit mm-hmm. random that they would encounter racist magicians in kind of a story based off of his work but it's not um he's very controversial uh to i guess reference in some ways because he did not share very uh liberal views uh yeah that's okay. all i'm gonna say about it's it kind of, it's kind of old-timey it's so old-timey yeah. it's also like yeah Kind of take that with the grain of salt. He also talked about Hitler once. Anyways, like it's just yeah. a whole like his whole racism thing. Yeah. What is a huge discovery? I think that we've kind of come to understand and realize. But that is also again part of his backstory that we didn't really get into. Yeah, but very racist stuff goes into the Lovecraft country. Yeah, country. so that kind of makes an appearance there. Not, not county. 
No, I, I keep wanting to read it as Lovecraft, Lovecraft <laughs> County. It's Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. A Colder War by Charles Strauss is an alternative history book set in the Soviet Union during the Cold War, where the Soviets were ha- were like found a sleeping Cthulhu. So like I'm sure that they just captured him and things didn't end well once he awoke. I don't know how they caught him because he's pretty big, but good for them, I guess. Uh, and then in The Ballad of Black Tom by Victor Laval, it's basically just a retelling of the horror at Red Hook uh, by a black jazz musician that finds himself under assault by violent paranoid racists. Again, the racism thing is coming into play uh, and they're referencing kind of those themes that Lovecraft was kind of known to talk about in his day. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a very like, yeah, a lot of the newer books that newer things are coming out about him kind of do make a reference to that. And kind of, like, are very tongue-in-cheek in in the sense of, like, Cthulhu is not a big enemy. It's the views. You know, it's, like, a lot of his views. It's it's such an interesting juxtaposition that I think we need to explore more. It's just, like, I think it's because, like, Cthulhu is such, like, an embodiment of specific feelings and emotions. It's, like, it's just a personification of, Mm -hmm. of ideals and things like that rather than being an actual being. It's a representation of... A lot of, a lot, I guess, and it, it it can be very overwhelming in general. But also, I feel like in the Cold War that you were talking about just before this, like mm-hmm. when they said they captured a sleeping Cthulhu, maybe they were just playing like hide and seek, and they just were like, "Caught you, I got you, ha." Mm-hmm. Because it's hard to capture, like especially when he's sleeping, he's like, "Ha, gotcha." Yeah, who's to say? It's no. an interesting. I love like those alternative <laughs> history books that are set in something real, and they just do they just be involving literally whoever. They're like mm, Bigfoot. Oh, you guys want to talk about the Renaissance? What if Bigfoot was there? Like, I just love, like, those kinds of things where, like, people reference history and they just add some random stuff in there. People got a lot of time, man. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, let's wrap things up. Let's get to the films that Cthulhu has been referenced in or, you know, has inspired. Yeah, I got you. I'm going to blitz through these real quick. The Call of Cthulhu from 2005 was the most faithful of all the Lovecraft adaptions. Directed by Andrew Lemon and... he, this particular feature was produced in the style of like 1920s silent films, uh, complete with expressionist influences and clever claymation effects. Pretty Come on, cool claymation. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of claymation stuff, to be honest. But I love claymation. It, it can, I, can see, I can see the appeal, though. Uh, Gordon Hemingway and The Realm of Cthulhu is set in East Africa in 1928 and centers on Gordon Hemingway, a roguish black American gunslinger who teams up with the elite warrior princess Zenebe? I think it's Zenebe. Zenebe? Cool. Of, of Ethiopia to rescue the country's kidnapped regent from the ancient evil. Yeah, that's um, a newer thing that's going to come out pretty soon. I think Spike Lee is one of the producers on it. Very so. cool. All mm-hmm. right, I'd love to give that a look. Uh, Cthulhu from 2007. So that's the second Cthulhu film to come out like in the span of two years, 2005 mm-hmm. to 2007. There's two films. Um, actually, an adaption of The Shadow over Ismuth. So I think that's like... Sorry, Innsmouth. Um, that's crazy. That there's, uh, is Cthulhu in that book? He's referenced, but it's just like a running theme with like all the movies that. Oh, cool! He's just. I think the Shadow Over Innsmouth is easier to adapt into like film and stuff because it's not as big of a universe. I feel that. Um. So a lot of things that involve Cthulhu are actually just 
adaptations of The Shadow of Innsmouth. Because, uh, I mean, if you just, like, look into it at all, like, the thi- like not only is Cthulhu himself just, like, impossible to imagine to even, like, portray, but apparently the city of R- Relay is also something that goes against gravity, logic, and physics. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. So, it, like, trying to depict that, trying to actually show that on a screen would be pretty difficult. I mean, I, I don't I think, think it's just that. I think it's just also... Yeb and Nub and all the other uh, ancestors and the beings involved within the true Cthulhu universe is a lot. So I think people just like The Shadow of Rinsmith because it's more straightforward. It's a shorter story, less characters, less mess to deal with, but it is, yeah, the Venn diagram yeah. again of overlap. A Cthulhu from 2007, a Seattle history professor drawn back to his estranged family on the uh, Oregon coast to execute his late mother's estate makes discoveries regarding his father's New Age cult, which take on a dangerous and apocalyptic significance. Um, so it sounds pretty interesting. That got my attention. I might have to give this a little look-see sometime later on this week. Um, but something a little bit more interesting in mind I actually have to watch sooner than this is My Little Pony, the movie from 1986, Michael Jones. Uh, a villain called The Smooze, appears to be at least partially inspired by Shagoths, which is related to Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. They're like a, one of the alien races that spawned off of him, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So, My Little Ponies, if you're a brony, if you're just a pal that loves to watch a little bit of that, definitely give that a look-see. Um, I think maybe watching maybe Beastars first and then getting into that might be better. I don't know if that's like... A, does that dive into furry territory? Beastars, yeah. Well, Beastars, think... yes, but My Little Pony? Is a bro- I would say brony, that... The... Brony and... I would say that you don't have to be a furry to be like a brony or anything, but I think that a lot of bronies are furries. So it's like a rectangle square kind of thing. Yes, not, not, yes, not exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get you, I get you. And then the last one we're going to talk about is Prometheus from 2012... Um, Ridley Scott did this film. Um, basically, it's attached to the Alien franchise. Uh, if you've watched any of that with the Xenomorphs, um, the premise of the film, in which a team of scientists seek out humanity's extraterrestrial creators, is fundamentally similar to At the Mountains of Madness, which also involves an expedition to an abandoned city belonging to aliens responsible for humanity's creation. So all kind of ties in a little bit to Cthulhu in the end. Who knows? There might be even more cool stuff out there that's tied to Cthulhu. And if we missed your favorite, please don't hesitate to let us know. Yeah, it's been a wild time. Um, This, again, like we said, is the final episode, the final installment of season one of Crop Circles Podcast. Thank you so much, Corey, for giving us those film references to end the season. Got it. It's been a wild time. We've learned a lot. We've been through a lot. (laughs) We've covered so many different topics, and honestly, it's been really interesting. Yeah. I had a good time. It's been cool. It's been really, really, really cool. So just be sure to keep your eyes out for Cthulhu, or maybe keep your dreams on the lookout for some Cthulhu whispers, because we want to hear about those. Exactly. Uh, We will be back with more information on our next season pretty soon. Let's go! Um, all that information will be on our Instagram at Crop Circles Pod. You can find us also on Twitter at Crop Circles Pod. You can find me on Instagram at Ash Cassie. You can find Corey at CFAL22. You can find my Twitch there as well. 
yeah get on that twitch though mm -hmm. if you made it this far and if you guys want to find our producer miley she's at miley.campagna on instagram as well it's been it's literally been crazy yeah i can't believe this is the last yeah, episode i can't believe it either. it's gone by so slow but also so, so fast. fast yeah so i feel like day fast. to day we were like big struggling mm -hmm. sometimes to get all this information out there to Truth. find everything but we did it. Yeah, we did it. And Where if you want to see from? some of your favorite, like, I don't know, cryptids, myths, mysteries, paranormal happenings that happen and take place, please let us know what you want to hear about in our next season, um, wherever you guys have contacts with us. Either you can DM us to our Instagrams or to the uh, to the Twitter, on mm -hmm. the YouTube channel, anything. Just please just let us know so we uh, have an idea of what you guys want to listen to. Yeah, we definitely want to continue to give you guys cool content focus mm. i think we want to focus more on pop culture too yeah. and also getting out of the very english speaking world i think we really want to pop into more lesser known cryptid stuff not lesser known but just like yeah. other countries other like, stuff too i yeah. think that the rest of the world uh isn't getting enough attention as far True. as their cryptids and their myths and we really want to get in on that so if you guys have things from that you know about that are not from like america that are not from like britain because we have covered a couple british things here and there yeah so. well, we covered them some things from like uh some of the hispanic countries along with russia and things yeah. like that too but we want more we want more we got the diver we, we got to get that we diversity. Got from japan too so like just get, get us get us more stuff like that because that's yeah. something that interests us we've been really interested in the cryptids too mm -hmm. for some reason like that's where like our, our favorite episodes to cover at least mine personally yeah um so yeah, I think that's uh, that's about uh, wrap it up. Yeah, we are so grateful for you if you have made it this far in the episode. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Mm. It's really been a passion project of ours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how you feeling, Miley? Miley said thumbs up. <laughs> that's all she got. But yeah, it's time to finish things up. And what better way for me to finish this than with a Muppet reference? Because y'all really thought I was going to get through the last episode without making a Muppet reference. You got me messed up. So... We gotta sing the Muppets theme song, but we're gonna make it. Crop circle, like no, what? we're gonna make it Cthulhu. Okay, I'm down, I'm down. Okay, let me see if I can sing it. I don't uh, do. Don't, I remember the theme. It's like yeah, that part. <laughs> you know, we had to do karaoke too. <laughs> yeah. All right. One, okay. two, three. It's, it's time, time to raise existence. existence. It's time, time to banish light. It's time to call the voided on the Muppet Show tonight. It's time to burn the incense. It's time to slay the sheep. It's time to wake the Muppets from a thousand years of sleep. That's it. That's all we got for you. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you guys on the flip side. Catch us on season two. Bye. You know what they call intentional rhymers. You might be committing some crimers. See you guys later. Bye.